Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a sexist customer gets a taste of justice. Our next Reddit post is from Unlimited Patience. Many years ago, I worked at a car dealership. The attached service garage was small, and I was the only licensed mechanic. I'm a woman, and I would occasionally have issues with male customers. They would second-guess my diagnoses, watch me while I worked on their cars from the bay door, and double-check my work in the parking lot, etc. I didn't deal with customers directly, and I would often get my apprentice to pull cars in and out of the shop for me. This morning in particular, we were really busy, so my apprentice was busy. The service advisor left a work order and keys at the parts counter, and I went out the front through service to get the car. The car just needed a service campaign, which was an update done with a scan tool. It takes about 10 minutes. The customer was planning on waiting, and he was just sitting in the lounge. When he saw me with his keys in his hand, he immediately stood up, alarmed. I was hustling, so I walked right by him and out the door. I missed the following conversation, but according to the customer service advisor, who's also female, this is what was said. Who's that chick? Is she going to be working on my car? I don't want her working on my car. The other tech is out at the moment, so it's going to be quite a wait until someone else can look at your car. That's fine. I'll wait for a guy. I don't want that chick touching my car. Understood. The advisor comes to let me know, and I pull the car out and put the work order and keys back on the counter, nonplussed. Half an hour passes, my apprentice is still away, and I'm happily working on something else, bringing other cars in and out. The... That customer is now watching each and every person who comes through that door. The high school co-op student comes in to get something signed. The customer's keys are still sitting on the desk. It's been about an hour now. Hey, why hasn't my car gone in yet? Can't you get this guy to do it? Uh, no, sorry. He's just a co-op student, so he's not allowed to drive the cars due to liability and insurance concerns. Just get someone else to bring the car in and he can do the work. This was supposed to take 10 minutes. Sorry, sir. He's just a high school student doing his co-op. He's not approved to perform warranty work. Only licensed techs and apprentices can do the recall. The car jockey returns. The advisor hands the car jockey a different set of keys, and he brings yet another car into the shop for me. The customer is becoming incensed. I've been sitting here for over an hour, and I've watched five cars go in before mine. My appointment was for 8 a.m. This is getting ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. At this point, he says that he literally doesn't care who does the recall, but that it has to be a guy. The service advisor starts listing off the names of men who work in the dealership, then saying why they can't perform the recall. Well, there's Harmon, but he's just a car jockey. He doesn't know how to work on cars. Then there's Jeet, but he's about 17. I wouldn't want him doing the recall personally. I guess we could ask Mike, but Mike is the parts guy. He doesn't know how to use the scan tool. The detailers are all men, but they know nothing about cars. The customer is fuming at this point, and he demands to talk to the service manager. The manager comes out of his office and guides the customer into the garage. He's pretty old school. He lights up a cigarette standing at the end of my bay and points at me. That's my best technician. Those guys take orders from her. You can either wait for her to finish what she's working on, and then you can ask if she's still willing to do your work, or you can take your car somewhere else. The guy was pretty shook up at this point, and he just took his car and left. It had been two hours since he'd first arrived. I don't think we ever saw him again, which wasn't much of a loss, all things considered. That manager in particular always stuck up for me and took my side. 
The service advisor has this very deadpan sense of humor. She knew full well that it would easily be an hour before the apprentice would return from his errand and that no one else could do the recall. This wasn't the first sexist we had encountered. This reminds me of a TikTok I saw where this girl was playing a game and someone in chat was like, Oh, you're just a girl? Go back to the kitchen. And she was like, Oh, you're a guy? Build me a roof. Go make me some money, wallet. Why are you talking to me instead of mowing the lawn, wallet? And it's just like, why is working on a car a guy thing? I'm a guy and I don't know the first thing about fixing a car. Clearly, this guy doesn't know how to fix a car either. So if he's not man enough to fix a car, then why is he getting upset about a woman who can? Our next Reddit post is from Dalek Max. I worked in a nursing home about 10 years ago as a registered nurse on a night shift. I had two small upper forearm tattoos upon hire, but I usually wore a jacket to cover them. This was never an issue if I had my jacket off. I always just struck up a conversation about my ink and the meaning behind it. One day, the director of nursing announced that all tattoos must be covered at all times so that we don't offend the residents or visitors. Okay, I worked at night with patients who had memory issues, so sure, whatever, I don't want to offend anyone. So, time for malicious compliance. Towards the end of my shift, I remembered the new rule. Management would be in soon, so I took two large pieces of silk tape and covered my tattoos to prove the point. Management noticed the tape and said, OP, what happened to your arms? Oh, well, you guys made that new rule that all tattoos had to be covered, so I covered mine. Oh, I didn't know you had tattoos. My point exactly. You noticed the tape, yet never noticed my ink. Soon after, the rule was thrown out. Down in the comments, we had this story from Megalodon. I knew a swim instructor who had a tattoo on his shoulder of a naked woman straddling an atomic bomb. He had to draw a swimsuit on her with a sharpie every day. Our next Reddit post is from Vangor. I used to sell pool and hot tub chemicals. Part of the job was testing customers' pool and hot tub water to see what chemicals they needed. If you don't take care of your pool or check it often, then you need a lot of chemicals to fix the mess you've made, particularly if you use chlorine pucks. They generally have such a low pH level that it burns away at your heater coil and it causes you to have copper in your water. Well, a couple of years ago, a customer came up to me to test their pool water. It was a complete mess, and it had a bunch of copper in it. This isn't the exact conversation because it was a while ago, but these are the main points. Yeah, so the main issue is that your pH is too low, so it's making your chlorine less effective, and you have copper in your water. Yeah, just get me the stuff I need to fix it. I go and grab all the chemicals he needs, and I put it on the counter. How much is all this going to cost? Around $250. I'm not paying that much. Is all of this really necessary? Yeah, your water won't be able to hold chlorine. Also, you need to get all that copper out. If you oxidize copper with a shock, it's going to stain parts of your pool and can even tint your hair green. My daughter is having a pool party next weekend, and I just want the pool to have chlorine for then. Yeah, and you need all these chemicals to make sure you're good to go. Can't you just put everything else away and only give me the chlorine? Fine, I'm not going to argue with this guy. I don't work on commission. Fast forward a couple of days later, and the customer's wife came in. It was subtle, but you could tell that her hair had a funny tint to it. She She asked for all the chemicals that I recommended to her husband, and she paid with zero hesitation. The husband never came in ever again, and his wife took care of the pool from that moment forward. The next time the wife came in, it looked like her hair had been dyed the original blonde color that she used to have. 
So <laughs> there's, there's so much like behind the scenes drama with this post. The obvious one, of course, is the fight that the wife had with the husband because he didn't do his job properly. So yeah, he's probably sleeping in the doghouse. Then on top of that, there's the panic of all these, who knows, I guess teenage girls, 12-year-old girls, 10-year-old girls, who knows, who are freaking out because their hair has been dyed some weird color and suddenly they think, oh, I'm ugly, what do I do? My hair's green or whatever. (laughs) So this guy has to deal with his daughter being mad at him too. Then you've got the added rage of the parents of all those girls who are also upset at this guy because he dyed their hair some weird color without their consent. So they're pissed off at him too. (laughs) Suffice to say, that guy is not having a good week. Also, down in the comments, we have this story from Despace Asians. I once had a customer call and ask me what to do with a dead cat in the bottom of their pool. I told them to remove it and dispose of it properly. They asked me what to do with the cat's soul. I told my boss about that, and my boss just looked at me. What the F, man? I don't know. Just just tell her to call the church or something. Yeah, OP, just tell her to go to the Catholic church. Our next Reddit post is from TTB Mips. When I was a freshman in college, I had a math teacher who was very strict about how she taught and how she expected us to learn. For example, she would force students to take notes, and if they didn't, she would make them leave. During our midterm exam, someone asked how much time was left, and she said five minutes. At this point, I was only about halfway done with the test, so I rushed and barely finished in time. Me and most other students delivered our tests and left the room. When I checked my phone, I realized there was another 20 minutes left. The students who hadn't finished in time told me that after we left, she realized that she read the clock wrong, so she gave them another 20 minutes that me and the others didn't have. I've always been pretty good at math, but obviously after rushing half the test, I did not get a good grade. The part that I didn't rush was perfect though. The next class, after showing us our results, she said that we had to develop a strategy to improve our grades. She said that if we created a plan, stuck to it, and provided evidence of us doing it, then she would give us some extra credit. What she expected us to do was say something like, I'll practice every week, and then submit pictures of us doing it as evidence, or something like that. Now, while I didn't blame her for reading the clock wrong, I did blame the fact that I thought that I only had 5 minutes left for not doing well on the test. I was confident that I could have gotten a perfect grade on that test if I had the extra 20 minutes. And so, what I said that I would do was bring a watch to the next exam. Was it an arrogant thing to say? Yes. But I also thought that it was stupid to follow along with her plan to micromanage our studies. But she got mad at me and said that if I didn't do anything else, I would fail the final for sure. But I assured her that the watch was more than enough for me to do better. A few months later, on the day of the final, I submitted a picture of a watch on my wrist as evidence for sticking with my strategy. I got a perfect grade on the final. Since my strategy for improving my grades worked, she had to give me extra credit, but not before arguing that I didn't deserve it, of course. Man, picky professors piss me off. I'm the customer and I'm paying you for this service. And you're going to get all pissed off and be like, oh, if you're in my classroom, you have to do things my way. It's like, dude, I'm paying your salary. Go F yourself. I remember when I was in college, we had, uh, I had this English professor. And in like the first day of class, she went on this long speech about how she didn't accept any excused absences for any reason. 
literally only a doctor's note, only if you were in some sort of life-threatening injury or something. There was literally no reason why you couldn't be at class. And if you ever missed a class, then your grade would suffer. Obviously, me and some other students suffered from this policy, so it really sucked. Then one day the professor came in and said that she had to cancel class but wouldn't say why. And me, like I was a total smartass in college. I was a, I was a really major smartass. So I was like, but professor, what about the no absence policy? Doesn't that apply to you too? I could tell she was so incredibly embarrassed and awkward and she just hated being there. My guess is, yeah, she was eating humble pie that day and she realized that she was being a hypocrite and that her policy was unfair, so me calling her out in the middle of class really pissed her off. But whatever, if you're going to be a douchey hypocrite, then you deserve to be called out. Our next Reddit post is from Supergay. I was working for a small local store chain. They paid $1 over minimum wage, apparently had decent benefits if you were full-time, and it wasn't too terrible. Then, last week, the entire staff at a different store quit all at once. We didn't think much of it, until our boss came in and said that he needed people to cover that store. It was over 42 miles away, so we asked, do we get any kind of raise or gas money? No, we don't pay you to drive to work. Will we work 8-hour shifts? No, you're all part-time employees. Of course, everyone started voicing their disapproval. Half of us don't drive at all, and most share a car with a family member. We're making maybe $20,000 a year, and now they want us to drive over one hour each way in traffic and work a three to five hour shift? The manager got upset and said, I'll be back tomorrow and expect four volunteers. If you don't want to be a team player, I suggest you find another job. So I just did what he suggested. I went online and found companies offering entry-level positions for several dollars an hour more, and some even had signing bonuses. I had two interviews set up the same day, and I ended up taking a warehouse job that paid $3 an hour more and had a $1,000 bonus after 120 days. Two other coworkers got a job there as well, and we're encouraging everyone at our store to apply there as well. Apparently, the job market has gone crazy lately, but none of us were really looking because we didn't realize that we were underpaid. So, as I was reading this story, the thought crossed my mind. I wonder why everyone quit all at once at the other store. (laughs) And then we get to your store, OP, and I'm like, ah, I see now. Also, what part of, I need you to come work for a company that's so bad that literally every single person who worked there quit on the exact same day is supposed to be tempting. Also, who would be tempted by an offer that's basically, I need you to drive one hour to work at a job that's so awful that every single employee quit on the exact same day? What do you say? Our next Reddit post is from Katie Pow Pow. I work at a well-known huge grocery store in the bakery slash deli. I've been in the general area for three years now. I've been in management, and I recently stepped down this year to focus on college. In early July, I turned in my letter of resignation, letting them know that August 13th would be my last day. It's now about mid-July, and we've got an audit going on. Basically, everything has to be perfect, they ask you a bunch of questions about your job, and everything has to be up to code, etc. Up until this point, we've been having an issue with staffing, because instead of hiring employees full-time, they hire everyone part-time. I'm the only full-time employee in my entire department. Because of this, there's never enough people to work, and they'll schedule four people working half shifts. Then, on the next shift, only one person will be closing alone the entire night, usually me. 
I'm fine with that because I enjoy working alone, but this night was extra stressful with all the extra work that I had to do because of the audit. I was all alone one night, working a shorter shift than usual. We tend to close the deli around 8pm and then we have 2 hours to clean up. I was scheduled to work until 8.30pm and I spoke to my managers about it and I got permission to close at 5pm so I could take a lunch break and have 2 hours early to close up. My managers also said they would send me someone around 7.30pm to help me close up on time. Around 7pm, a woman comes up to the meat slicers asking for some sliced meat. I tell her, I'm sorry, but we're closed for the night. She whines for a moment, complaining that she comes here every other night and we're always open. I explain to her that we're low on staffing and I've already cleaned the slicers for the night and she leaves. About 5 minutes later, my assistant manager walks up and asks me what the problem was. This woman had gone to management and demanded that we slice her the meat. I explained the situation and his response was to berate me for closing the deli down early and he told me to just help her and clean it again. Just stop being difficult, is what he said. After slicing her some meat, we ended up being out of a different kind of meat, and she just walked out of the store leaving the meat behind. Meaning I had created more stuff to clean for nothing. I was pissed. I took a walk to cool down, and I went to find my buddy who was supposed to come over at 7.30pm to ask him when he was coming over. When I found him, he told me that he wouldn't be able to come over because the assistant manager had just given him a long list of stuff to do for the rest of the night. That pissed me off even more. I found the assistant manager and I was like, dude, what the hell? I reiterated that I was leaving at 8.30pm and I needed the help. And he told me once again to stop being difficult and just get it all done. I told him there was no way that I was getting everything done in time. And my schedule says I leave at 8.30 so I'm leaving at 8.30 regardless of how much stuff is left to do. I guess he hadn't gotten the memo that I was quitting soon. And so in response, he told me, If you can't do your job well enough, then maybe you should start looking for another job. That was my breaking point. After three years of working for awful management and their backwards ways, I decided that I just didn't have to do it anymore. I told them, okay. I went and found some of my favorite coworkers and told them goodbye, and it was nice working with them, and I walked out. I haven't gone back since. They failed their audit, and six other employees quit shortly after me. The rest are planning to leave as well. As far as I know, the entire store is screwed up. I hope the manager got chewed out, but I doubt it. I've reported some of the managers there for serious issues, and they never went anywhere. F that place. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, then be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.